0: Hey everyone, this is Larry from WSTrades.com. This podcast is about trading stocks and stock options. Any information in these podcasts should not be construed as advice. It's for educational and entertainment purposes only. We are not financial advisors. Hey everyone, this is Larry and James from WSTrades.com doing our weekly update podcast. How's it going, man?
1: It's going pretty good, man. How are you?
0: i'm busy as hell today's my son's 16th birthday trying to get all this stuff together nice (laughs) all right uh you want to go over any trades you had closing or opening last week
1: yeah pretty much all opening trades i think i'm looking here looks like i sold a put against eem for the april monthlies Uh, that's emerging markets etf uh, this trade here not working out so great. I went long uh, RSX. May have talked about this one in the last um, episode. Oh yeah, that's right. We kind of did midweek. So I'm trying to think where I left off here. Um remember talking about the RSX. I don't remember talking about this one. Let me see here actually. So we did a Wednesday, I think, which was the 2nd. So yeah, I probably talked about these. So let me hit this one. Uh, ticker S -S N O W or snow. Um, I think you had said something about these, this ticker, and then I saw it was trending on YouTube, and actually made a video about it. And I want to say they were trading around like 220 or something like that, and it looked like they had fallen through a key support level. Um, I think it was around that 220 level. So once I saw that, I ended up selling a call spread. And uh, let me see here. 245 is my short. So that's looking good. They're down at two. Looks like they closed at 209.65 on Friday. Uh, so I'm up pretty nicely on that. Um, this one doesn't look like it's going to hurt me too bad, um, but it's pretty much a day after I got into the trade. They froze uh, trading on it, and I think they're going to remove it. Um, from the exchanges and stuff, and that is RUSL. I think you had pointed me to it saying, oh, you went long RSX, good thing you didn't go long RUSL. And I think RUSL was down like 60% that day. Um, so I think it was the next day or a couple of days later, I looked at it and it was under $3. And I was like, well, you don't know, have to put too much capital at this thing. It's another total gamble play. Um and you know it's not a ton of risk to the downside even if it goes to zero since it's at such a cheap price so i got into it and then i think the next day they announced that uh it's not going to be trading anymore but it only ticked down like 14 cents so it looks like i'm gonna lose a couple bucks on that one um i think it was frozen on like maybe thursday or friday i can't remember when they locked it up maybe thursday but um yes that didn't quite work out for me and then i sold a put spread on dpz which is domino's pizza because they had made a real big move lower and i already had call side open and after making that big move i was like oh man these guys move a lot i'm gonna sell the put side and turn it into an iron condor uh might be regretting that now as i'm looking at futures down huge but <laughs> so those puts might get blown up but i do have an iron condor on that and then uh Another one I saw was trending. I think I made a a video for the YouTube channel was Apple. Um, I sold a call spread on them. Uh, 175 is my short. And let me look at the daily chart here really quick. Yeah, I was thinking they might test 160 here. So I'm kind of curious to see what's going to happen as they move towards 160. Um, But it looks like, you know, in that area could be a key level. Um, But I'm up nicely on that as they were down almost 2% on Friday. Uh, So another short position there. Um, And then Facebook, I think I had put side open on this. So I sold call side. I think they made a decent move higher. Um, So I sold the calls on Facebook to turn that one into an iron condor. Um, Probably a smart move there. Um, as futures are down big, so my puts are probably going to get tested. So you know those calls should be safe. Um, and then I was looking at uh, FSR or Fisker, and I've been looking at them for a while, and they kind of been bouncing between like ten dollars and thirteen. Um, and I think I saw them around. Uh, oh man, they actually hit nine sixty eight recently, but I think I saw them around ten dollars. I was thinking about getting some shares and then they ripped back hard to like 13 or something. And I was like, oh, man, you know, I kind of missed a nice move there. But then they sold back off hard again and went under 11. So I actually got in at 1067. Uh, so went long Fisker. And then I also sold a call spread on XLY. I think you maybe told me about this one. I think they had fallen below a key level, maybe 175 or something. Um, So, yeah, I sold the call spread there, and they were down 1.5% on Friday. So I think I'm up on that trade. And looking at futures right now, um, you know, a lot of these short positions might uh, end up working out pretty good for me.
0: Nice. Do you have um, oil and gold futures on your list as well?
1: Not on my watch list, no. What's going on with those? <laughs> uh, <laughs>
0: oil is up over
1: 8.5% right oh, now. Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> Unreal.
1: XLE is just going to keep climbing on
0: me. Uh, you know what pisses me off is a lot of my trading I get scared out of. Uh, a lot of trades, when mm. things rip super hard, I'm like, oh, no way. Is this going to keep climbing? Or if they mm. dump super hard, you know, I'm the opposite. I'm like, dude, there's no way it's going to die more. And I remember from uh, the book that's on our website, uh, Reminiscences of a Stock Operator, Jesse Livermore explicitly says there's no such thing as a stock that's climbs so high you don't go long or dump so hard that it's not worth shorting. And it's, you know, I, I'm always looking at stuff and I'm like, nope, it's not going higher. And like oil, I saw that it had fired on the uh, four-hour and then the daily last week, and I was like, man, this thing's probably going to keep going, but there's no way it can keep ripping, and it just keep on, it just keeps doing it. So I need to freaking just keep going long oil at this point.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, there are a few tickers. I which one we were looking at. It may have been like XME or something, the metals as well, that busted through. I think we were talking about it in the last podcast, and yeah, when it broke that 48 level, boy, that was the sign. Um, if I would have saw that, that would have been a great long entry.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: the RSI on X, uh, XME right now is like 85. It's ridiculous.
0: <laughs> it's gonna be 90 by the time uh, market opens tomorrow. Oh my
1: goodness.
0: <laughs> uh, all right, I just had a few trades. Uh, I again, had a uh, more winners than losers last week, but ended up taking a loss. Um, I had a put vertical on. Uh, Dollar Tree that I went max profit on. They just kept on ripping, man. Uh, I'm still in my position on XME, which is a 50 cent wide uh, call spread. Then I opened up last week a uh, Iron Condor on Kroger. And I didn't know that they had earnings uh, coming up this past week. But there was such a wide range that I could get in. And they had this crazy gap up like five days or Four or five days before uh, earnings. And I was like, that's when I entered the Iron Condor where I went uh, 30 delta on the uh, call side and 20 on the put side, thinking, okay, they made that huge move before earnings. They're probably, you know, even if they have decent earnings, they're probably going to come back down a little bit. And they apparently blew earnings out of the water and just crushed my calls. Uh, so I went uh, obviously max profit on the puts and uh, max loss on the calls. And I open up a position on uh, LEN. I saw they had kind of broke through a uh, key resistance level. And open up a put vertical on them that I went max profit on. And that was it. So I'm all, the only position I have on right now is a long call on uh, CIA. And they have earnings on the 9th, I believe. So hopefully I have good news and uh, I can get out of that freaking long call and what else do i oh my xme position
1: yeah kroger's chart kind of looks like xme uh (laughs) on the daily chart the rsi is like 83 so yeah that's a ridiculous move as well
0: yeah it's stupid but you know apparently everyone's jesse livermore nowadays and buying when (laughs) things are at the top and pushing it harder
1: yeah for sure um yeah, man. I don't know. We'll see. I'm going to try to hang in on that XLE position and see uh what goes on. I mean, it's not looking good for oil coming back to earth anytime soon or metals, but I'm kind of hoping that something happens that kind of puts this thing back in check, but uh yeah, I think it's just living right now uh in the overbought like on all-time frames
0: <laughs> Yeah, you know what scares me? I think I told you about this. Um... What scares me is everything right now is lining up for a massive crash like you've got uh foreign conflicts you've got inflation through the roof and every single time that oil has uh went up 100 percent in one within a one-year span we've seen a massive crash and right now uh i think well if uh futures are telling the truth then now we're beyond the price of the uh the 08 numbers on oil so like everything to me is signaling there's going to be a huge uh, crash but you know that's what i was thinking during the covid recovery i was thinking uh, there's no way this is going to be sustainable and it just kept ripping so i mean it's and well that kind of brings uh a bad part to why i why i think a crash would come too is i think everything is just way too overextended right now that recovery after covid was just ridiculous
1: yeah i'm looking at uso chart right now and yeah about a year ago it was trading around 40 dollars and yeah we're up at 80 right now gonna be opening higher so um yeah oil has definitely made the uh hundred percent move from about a year ago
0: nope. all right uh so you want to talk about the uh vxx
1: yeah i want to talk about vxx and uvxy because i remember there was one uh episode where we were talking about uh future stuff and we were talking about um when futures are in contango and when they're in backwardation and i think in that episode i made a um comment about or somebody had made a comment um, about is it time to go long UVXY? I think it was on the YouTube channel and um, I was kind of thinking about that and these are uh, tickers that you don't really want to be holding for the long term. Um, I mean, if you pull up the chart on these you'll kind of see that over time, they just kind of drag lower. Um, I've got the daily chart pulled up right now. Let me go to UVXY actually, I'm gonna pull that up. So yeah, even on UVXY, I'm on the daily, you see it's a big move down. I'm go out to the weekly. Um, you can see it was dragging lower until the COVID crash. And then of course you had this massive spike from like, uh, what was it at? 100 to about 1350. So it was like an insane move up. And then whenever that happened, it was just starting to drag lower again. Um, So pretty much these things. I think VXX is, like, based 100% on the uh, VIX futures. But UVXY, I believe, is the um, 1.5 times leveraged position. So it's very similar to VXX, but you're in a more leveraged spot. So if you wanted to try to time a spike... In volatility, um, you know, you could get a little more bang for your buck if you're doing UVXY. Of course, you could get, you know, hit a little harder if you're wrong um, as well because that thing is 1.5 times leveraged. But, um, you know, these are things that are based on uh, short-term futures, and you've got to time them well. So it's definitely not something you can go out and just buy and hold along because it's essentially just going to drag to zero. And the way that it's set up is you are, it's trying to track like uh, VIX futures 30 days out. So essentially you're selling like the front month contract and you're buying the back month contract. And we trade options a lot. So we know pretty much like if you think about it, like you're buying out of the money options. Um, Let's just say you're like buying out of the money options that expire a month away and you're selling out of the money options um, that are expiring, uh, let's just say in a day. So let's just say like you've got, um, you know, a options position that's expiring tomorrow, and you're gonna be selling that one and then you're gonna go going out and buying the same option 30 days out. You know, we know that time is money and we know that a lot of out of the money options expire worthless. So that's why a lot of people will sell you out of the money options because, you know, typically those uh, don't go in the money and they become profitable for you. So if you think about things like VXX and UVXY, that's essentially what you're doing. You are selling these very short term uh, futures contracts and then you're going out and buying ones that are further out, let's just say like 30 days out. So. You're selling these ones that are typically not as valuable as the ones that you're going out and buying. So as the days pass, you're selling off the front month contract, you're buying the back month contract, and it's just designed to go to zero. I read several articles that, um, you know, essentially I want to say over the course of a year, typically uh, you lose 70%, um, like if you were just to buy and like hold long Over the course of the year, for the most part, you would probably lose around 70%. Now, you know, if you're doing short-term trades on these things, like during, you know, right before a market collapse, like the COVID crash, that's exactly what they're designed for if you want to go long. Um, But a lot of people short these because they know they're just set up to drag to zero. So, um You know, people talk about buying it, but these things are really like just short-term plays if you want to go long. Definitely not something you can just buy and hold.
0: Yeah, I believe it was designed uh, strictly for hedging, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, I think a lot of hedge funds uh, are, you know, a lot of those are what a lot of the short interest comes from. You know, that's what I hear anyways. There are a lot of people out there that just short these things because they know they act you get a little spike typically you get a little spike in volatility these things pop off a little bit and then you go out and you short it because the way these things are designed they're designed to revert to the mean like stocks uh a lot of times stocks will make moves um higher and they'll go on pretty good rips and then they'll kind of revert to the mean but not always like sometimes uh you know you go long a stock It's just kind of hanging out and chopping around and then let's say they have like some blowout earnings or something and they make this fat move higher and if you know people are really willing to pay for this higher price significantly higher price sometimes the stock price will run up there and hang out there uh for a while and it won't always revert back to the mean but like these uh futures uh vix futures etfs like uvxy i mean these things for sure are predictable like when volatility is really low uh, you know the VIX is expected to pop off when the VIX pops off it's expected to you know draw back down and like it definitely um, I think some people said it uh, put it like it's a it's a slave to this curve this downward curve where it's just high on the left side of the chart and low on the right side of the chart and like you see these little spikes and you see these uh you know like 2020 was a pretty crazy spike but you do see these moments where it pops off and becomes very valuable but it will never stay there like you can't just go long and then have the covid crash and like you're at 1300 bucks and like you can't you know expect this thing to just keep going higher 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 because it's just not going to happen
0: yeah it's you know if you think about volatility that's exactly how vix itself it's based off of the volatility of the SP. so yeah you'll see spikes but when things start to kind of chill out even when things are going uh sideways then vix just going down because there's no fear you know they call it the fear index no one's freaking out so uh do you remember what the i don't remember what the calculation for vix is uh it's like every dollar move higher the vix drops uh god what was it like 0.4 percent or something like that
1: yeah i can't recall off of the top of my head so are you talking about like uh related to uh like the s p 500 move
0: yeah how uh the vix is calculated something to the dollar move of uh
1: the s p 500 yeah i know we had an episode talking about the vix but i can't remember if we had talked about that or not but yeah i can't think of it uh How that thing is exactly calculated i mean i know it's based on like the volatility of the s p 500.
0: yeah i think when you said you want to talk about this i was thinking about it and uh when i see like uh the spike in vix or something like that i Mm -hmm. typically just think the market in general uh is more volatile but you have like totally different uh indexes like the QQQ uh, Nasdaq is completely different than uh, SPY, so you might be seeing uh, larger moves in the Qs that you know we typically see when volatility might not be that high uh, because it's based off of the S and P 500. So I was just uh, thinking about how you could calculate something like that, like the difference in VIX um, levels as compared to like the Qs or even the Dow, because the Dow doesn't move typically you know, as volatile.
1: Yeah, imagine if there was a VIX for the NASDAQ. Sometimes oh. NASDAQ will have, like, insane moves, and then you'll look at the S&P 500, and, like, it's made a move, but, like, not as hard. But, yeah, have VIX NASDAQ, on NASDAQ would be, like, <laughs> stuck at 80. Or, like, a Russell 2000, something <laughs> VIX based on the Russell 2000 or something would be pretty insane. Yeah, I think, like, most of the time... You know, you won't see these massive. Like, you'll see these little spikes in things like VXX and UVXY. And I think another way to tell, too, I've heard people talk about this um, on different trading podcasts and stuff. But I think a way to tell if there's any real momentum um, to the volatility and like, is the volatility here to stay or is it just gonna kind of be a little bit of a spike and it's gonna go go back down is to look like several months out. Um, on the VIX futures and kind of see what's going on. Because typically, you know, we talked about it in that one episode, typically um, things will be in contango where the spot price is lower than the future price. So you pay more for the future price. But once you start to see crazy things happen into the market and volatility starts to spike, I think you can look a couple contract months out and start to look at what's going on. And once you see, like, several months in a row um, in backwardation, then I think you can tell at that point, hey, there might actually be something here, like, during the COVID crash when that thing started to pop off. Um, let me take a look at the VIX really quick here. Just had UVXY pulled up. Um, but, yeah, like, in that crazy 2020, um move for the VIX, when that thing started to make some big moves up into the 30s and up into the 40s, I think you could look at uh, several months out and see that, hey, this is not just like one month where, you know, or the back month, I guess, is uh reversed like it's not in contango anymore and it's in backwardation and then if you can see that several months out then we might actually have like a fat collapse on our hands but i think like most of the time you might get it like one month out or you know the back month um you know maybe the uh price is lower than the front month but once you start to see like the front month um higher in value than the back month and then the month after that is also lower in value and you start to see that like several months out then um you know there might actually be something to it and kind of looking at the way things are going right now I mean we're not anywhere near just looking at VIX right now I mean we're not anywhere near um you know, the Corona 2020 crash. I mean, we haven't even really, I mean, I guess we've gotten close to 40 looking at the weekly here, but we haven't even got above 40. I know that's considered kind of high, but back in that 2020 crash, I mean, we went all the way up to like, at least based on the weekly, all the way up to 85. Um, So, you know, just talking about this, that kind of makes me think like, um, what... You know, what kind of a situation are we in? And that makes me want to go out and check several months out and kind of see what's going on. I do also notice on the weekly for VIX, um, you know, the VIX was around 17 before the COVID crash. And then we just had a gap up and this massive move the following week to 40. It was just like from 17 to 40 within a week. And looking at the TTM squeeze, that was the first um, fire to the upside. And it made this crazy run up to 85. And then, of course, it bled out quickly. Um, And we've been squeezing pretty much, yeah, what is this? This is 2020 right here, August. It looks like we started to squeeze in August of 2020. And on the VIX weekly TTM squeeze, we've been squeezing since then. Yeah, <laughs> I,
0: I, I got a feeling things are going to go south real
1: freaking quick. <laughs> well, are you looking at futures right now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, NASDAQ is down 1.6%. Jeez. So, yeah, I just, I don't know. You were talking about uh, oil making the 100% move and just some things are lining up. Yeah. Um, And I would say, yeah, with, like, possible, like, nuclear war on the horizon, uh, yeah, if the markets are going to crash, this is definitely the scenario that's going to bring it.
0: Yeah, I was just looking at the uh, indexes, and uh, SPY, I think, for sure, is going to test 420. Mm -hmm. Uh, No questions asked. And then I just pulled up the Qs, and they're at, like, a key level right now. Mm -hmm. And if it dumps below that, then, God, I think Qs are going to test like 317 minimum Mm -hmm. if they can't hold this level which you know futures are saying they're not so i just man everything's just lining up to be i'm just bearish as as can be right now i don't see any reason for any sort of rebound at this point
1: right the fed comes out and says oh we're just gonna do this like super incremental rate hike and like there was some dumb rip and then it's like reality is back
0: yeah that's god i was listening to a uh podcast while i was working on my truck this week and what was it oh theta gang i love that guy um and i remember during the covid crash he was talking about how people were emailing him all pissed off and people on reddit because you know the fed's propping this up the fed shouldn't do this i had you know five thousand dollars worth of spy puts and now they're worthless and he was saying the same thing about last week when we had that massive rip for no reason Everyone was, you know, emailing him and on their uh, Reddit channel and stuff like uh, this rally is BS and it shouldn't be here. And he's like, well, I mean, it happened (laughs) that you nothing you can do about it. And it's true. Everyone knew that rip was BS. Like there's no reason the Fed coming out and saying, well, we're just going to raise the rates a little bit. We should have saw that insane move. And they're just adding to the problem there's inflation is just going to keep going up. Like I saw uh Powell finally came out and said, uh, I think we started uh, talking about raising rates way too late. And I'm like, yeah, no shit. Sherlock, like everyone <laughs> in the world saw that, but you just wanted to keep on saying, Oh, the market's ripping and you know, everything's fine. Jobs are fine. And now, you know, I gas in my town went up. I think it was 60 cents in two days. And wow. it doesn't look like it's going to ever freaking stop. So, and unfortunately, in California, the taxes on it's like half the freaking cost, and that's not going anywhere.
1: Right. Yeah. The whole asset purchasing, too, is just kind of stupid. Like, why, uh, you know, give people this false sense of security or like this false sense of like everything's cool? It's okay to invest. Like, you know, buy your stocks and buy your ETFs and all this stuff. Like, And then just to pull it out and be like, all right, we're going to taper, you know, we're going to stop keeping the market afloat. And like, yeah, just a lot of stuff is hitting right now with inflation and the Russia-Ukraine thing and the Fed wanting to increase rates. Uh, Yeah, I'm looking at SPY right now on the daily, and I threw up a trend line because they peaked out around 480 Dumped hard, rallied up to around 450, rejected that level, bled hard down to 410, made a nice little rally up. But here they are backing off again. So I kind of threw up a trend line there. And it looks like, um, I mean, for now, the way things are looking right now, they're definitely going to stay below that. But I'll be curious to see if they can break through that trend line there on the daily at some point here.
0: Yeah, I got a sneaking suspicion they won't, (laughs) (laughs) but who knows, I've been wrong, you know, most of my freaking life.
1: Yeah, and I think it's all, or a lot lot of it hinges on this whole Russia-Ukraine situation, because now Putin's like, you know, telling people just stay out. If you don't stay out of it and you try to help Ukraine, you're a part of the war pretty much. So yeah, this could get uh, ugly and NASDAQ could go to zero any day here. Yeah, well, as long as the
0: Fed only raises rates by, you know, a quarter percent, everything's going to be all right.
1: Everything's cool, right? That's the only thing that matters in the world. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, all right, man. Uh, did you have any tickers you were looking at getting into next week? Um,
1: Let me see here. Man, I do much of my normal stuff this past week. Okay, XLF. It looks like I did a call on xlf let me see here xlre looks like i've got in the money put but barely on that one i might uh, get into a position on xlre um then i've already got april call spread on xly um might get into a position on SLV as well. I know I've got a long call that doesn't expire for a long time, but I might just try to do some type of neutral position for the uh, April monthlies on SLV.
0: All right. I am definitely going to be opening up my bearish watch lists. Um, I don't have any uh, specific tickers. I'm looking at getting into besides I'm thinking about going out to April and buying a uh, – Put vertical on spy to kind of hedge all my weekly stuff, and I don't know, man. I'm so freaking bearish on this market right now. I just I I can't see myself going long on anything unless some. Well, I don't even care if the chart says I should be going long something. I, I I'd rather sit in cash right now or play to the bear side because I just got a sinking feeling,
1: dude. This is <laughs> this is gonna blow up. Yeah, it's just weird that we see like whenever that was, it may have been that day the Fed was talking about their thing, but we were down like 3% in overnight futures trading and then all of a sudden we were like up 2% uh at the end of the day the next day or something stupid. Um yeah, it's just really weird right now to see those big numbers overnight and then all of a sudden they dissipate and um yeah, I don't know, man. It's a uh, I have a lot of long positions right now, um, which I you know know those are probably going to be long-term holds for them to work out for me. But I also keep selling call spreads, man, because I've got to be balanced. I can't just be like, oh, well, this dipped pretty good some more. I'm just going to buy more of it. Or, you know, we, we keep dipping. I'm just going to keep going long. I'm going to keep going long. Like, I'm just putting on a lot of, like, uh, call credit spreads and stuff just in case, you know, things continue to collapse.
0: Yeah. I think hedging right now is prime. Everyone's got to be hedged properly because this thing could move either way. Like, I think it's going down, but who the hell knows. So as long as you're playing kind of both sides of everything, staying kind of beta weighted, then, you know, everything will be all right. Or just sitting in cash saying nothing wrong with it.
1: End up collapsing hard. Uh, Definitely got to have some cash aside to scoop up some deals.
0: Yeah, what's that, um, not eck iShares maybe, that one, um, that one ETF that tracks the entire stock market?
1: Oh, I'm not sure on that. The total, oh, you know, there's a few, isn't there, like a Vanguard one too? Let me see, Vanguard, total, stock market, index fund. Let me see here. I know of the Vanguard one. What is that one? Uh, VTI, that's one of the ones I know about. Vanek has one too. It's kind of looking like the spy chart VTI <laughs> uh, Vanguard Total Stock Market ETF. It's got a very similar trend, Peek it out around two forty-four, and then, geez, that's almost like identical to the spy chart. The little downtrend that we're in.
0: Yeah, I'd like to see them around two hundred bucks next couple months total
1: yeah i don't know total stock market etf huh man i do not know but yeah definitely i see the vanguard one there but um all right cool man i don't think i had anything else
0: all right uh i got no website news so i guess i'm all done
1: all right man let's just load up on uvxy and cross our fingers
0: <laughs>
1: all right man <laughs> Thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode of the WS trades podcast. If you are not subscribed to this podcast, please subscribe. Also head over to YouTube and search for WS trades. You'll find us there as well. We've got trading updates as we make our trades over there and also educational videos so you can learn about different strategies within the stock market and options trading. And also, please head over to wstrades.com. Thanks again.